So what DMB on demand means to me is I see it as another platform for our DMB family slash community um, to, I, I guess, to further our connection with each other. Hey everyone, welcome to DMV On Demand, the podcast, season one, episode three, with a special guest joining us all the way from Australia. Our format this week is going to be a little bit different as the guest has asked to interview the host as well. So that's happening. Stay tuned after the interviews for news regarding dmbondemand.com, the shop, new freebies coming out, and a preview of our next episode. Okay, enough of the small talk. Let's get right into it and bring on one of our dear, dear friends, Haley. So thank you for having me on. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Haley. I am from Brisbane, Queensland in Australia. So over on the east coast of Australia. Um, I have three kids aged three, I have to think about this, three, six, and almost nine. Um, I'm married to John. We've been married 10 years, um, and I feel very grateful to have married my, my best friend, to be honest with you. Um, I am a clinical nurse. I work in the urology field, so the body's water work system. Um, and I, I work, I guess, in an office setting where I care for patients who are several hundred kilometers away from us, more in rural, sort of remote areas, um, who don't have a urology service local to them. So that keeps um, that keeps my life pretty interesting. Um, in terms of interests outside of work, um, my biggest interest is probably music. Um, that's always been the, the one thing I've been the most passionate about uh, since I was young I I was always next to the record player um, I've been told that I was singing as soon as I could start talking um, and and don't say that to mean that I can actually sing that's not true I just <laughs> enjoy singing um, and with music I feel like I've always listened to it with an intent and and every sound, every word, every instrument, I've really tried to absorb, um, and most specifically, lyrics. I love lyrics. So it's no surprise that my favorite bands uh, are those in which the singer is also the person who writes the lyrics. Um, so, you know, I think that's that's just a natural progression of that interest. Um, and aside from that, I enjoy Pilates, and when I get a chance, I love running and doing like, you know, I guess small type marathons, um, kayaking, especially sea kayaking, but river kayaking is great as well. I don't get much of a chance these days to do that. Um, and the other thing that's on my bucket list, I haven't tried it at all yet, but the other, the, the one thing I would really, really like to do in life is um, astrophotography. Um, and there's a lot of different types of astrophotography, but specifically, I really like to focus on skyscapes, um, people in space, and then 
northern and southern. So hopefully I will get to do those things. So yeah, actually, uh, Twitter is where our paths first crossed. Um, I actually went back through our DM history today, and I mean, I went all the way back to the first message being sent, and it uh, started with, you know, I, I knew your Twitter handle, um, the fan that Jane likes, and I was getting ready to do the song of the day next day with this, the song that Jane likes, and sharing that piece of art with you and we talked a little bit back and forth and then it started to grow into some ideas that I didn't know at the time but there were seeds that were getting planted and, and then you know with enough time our relationship grew to um, talking daily to now you're one of the people I talk to consistently on a day-to-day -day basis just because of your personality and who you are, just an amazing person. And I found that the DMB family has all of these people who are just flat out amazing. There's so much depth to them that you know you're never gonna get, gonna get to the bottom of that. And so, but yeah, Twitter is where uh, I think the major milestones from my end, uh, DMB on demand, has flourished as well. Um, all right, so this week we're gonna change up the format a little bit. The format that we started with was um, I would share a personal story about how a DMB song impacted a moment in my life or gave context to that moment when looking back. Um, but Haley has done so much to help, uh, well, first of all, keep me sane day to day and uh, with this project. and helped guide it to some places that I didn't even think were possible. So because of that, she asked if we could flip it up a little bit and do two interviews. The first set of questions will be from Haley to me, um, and I don't know what these questions are going to be, so it's going to be all off the cuff, and then we'll go back to the standard interview with the guest. So. With that being said, I'll sit here with my nerves and hand it over to you, Haley, and let you start asking your questions, and I'll do the best that I can. I had a few questions for you, and I think it's fun to try and reverse things and, and maybe interview the interviewer. Uh, so what I wanted to know was, listening to the previous podcast where you gave us some insight into, into your background, if you can remember, what is the exact moment that you realized you needed to change your life, um, I, I guess, to be able to move forward? What what happened? You know, was it a, a specific event or I'm not sure. Did you, you know, did you see something on the side of the bus that you read and it made you like have this epiphany that you needed to change? What was it? Yeah, so there absolutely was a an event that caused the whole paradigm shift in my life, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, drugs and violence were a big part of my life, and you don't get one without the other, you know. You're around drugs, you're going to see violence. If you're around a lot of violence, you're going to see drugs. There's, it's just one and the same. It's a beast. And so, 
This would have been the third and final time I found myself in jail. Um, twice before, didn't learn a single lesson. This third time, I was the most alone I've ever been in my whole life. When I was homeless, at least I still had the things I could carry in a backpack. At least I had that little bit of world to hold on to. Um, but when I got arrested for the last time, even that was taken away. <laughs> now I don't have a, a duffel bag full of my belongings. Now I only have the clothes that are on me. That's it, that's all I had in the whole world. And then that was taken away and I was given a uniform and now I have nothing in the whole world, nothing. Um, and to be honest, I don't even know if, if that were the end of the story, I don't know if it would have, if that would have been the defining moment. The defining moment was I was sitting there waiting to go to court and in the US, you, know, you go to court, you get bail set, and if you can't bail out, then you're there to your next court date. And it was four days in and I heard them call my name peeked my head up and they said, pack your shit, you're going home. I hadn't even been to my first court date yet. So, you know, no friends, no family, no money, no, no anything, no collateral. What is going on? Uh, I get out of reception and I get booted onto the street with the clothes I had on when I came in and I had no idea where to go or what to do. And a car pulls up, the window gets rolled down, and it's my mother who I had not spoken to in three to four years. I don't know how she found out that I was in there, but she found out. And I would have completely understood had she found out if she would have just thought something like, eh, that makes sense and then just left me there. Like, I, if I knew that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me too. All right, fair enough. You know, I've been a piece of shit for a long time and the chickens come home to roost. Uh, but she didn't, she didn't. She found out that I was in trouble, paid my bond, got me out, and I turned into a just a pool of tears and you know, through the homelessness, the jail, I thought I had burnt. Look, my feet are ashy and burnt from all the bridges that I set on fire and walked on. And she didn't have to do anything that she did, but family reappeared in, in the worst moment of my life. And I, I told myself that I am never doubling back against family ever again. And I wanted to do what was right by her. And then as more people came back into my life, it was more and more uh, reinforcing that idea of, I can't let this go again. I just yeah. can't. And so that that's the moment when I got out and my mom was there, still there after all these years and didn't hesitate to help me out. I knew I wasn't going back. How has your life changed 
um, since you have become a part of the DMV family, as we call it, um, how, how have you grown and developed? Well, we've talked um, outside of the interview, and I think I, I said that it feels like, you know, it, a plant grows one way. You plant the seed, you give it the sunlight, and it grows up one way. A weed comes out of the ground and goes anywhere at once. It's just how it, how it is. And, and I don't mean this in a derogatory manner, but at least from my end and what I'm trying to do inside of that community, it's gone from, you know, a plant that I knew how it was growing to a weed where it's just growing like wildfire and I'm trying to keep up. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter what avenue or medium I'm using, the only thing I'm trying to do is bring people together. That's, that's the only, at the end of the day, that's the only goal is to see all of these gorgeous souls and gorgeous hearts. And it's just like, in, you know, okay, in, in real life, let's say you have best friend A. And best friend A has a few things in common with your other friends. So you want them to get to know each other because you're both friends and they have something in common. Well, here, I'm able to do that with hundreds of people. But what we have in common is the music that we all love. And building on that common ground, I'm starting to see so many things start to flourish and prosper. And, um, you know, I just don't know where it's growing right now. But I know it's growing, and it can be hard to keep up with. And I, I don't know if I'd be able to keep on with this if it wasn't specifically for this band and this music. And another question I had was, um, what is it about the band, besides the music, that you identify with? That that you draw inspiration from? What is it that they do that it inspires you on a daily basis? That's a tricky question. I think what inspires me the most is actually the fruit of the tree when it comes to the band. Um, the band does so much through the music, through charitable organizations, through outreach, that what inspires me are the fans of the band. Whether it's in real life or at shows or on Twitter or Facebook, it's just, it's awe-inspiring how all of our lives have had this shared soundtrack and then we give back to each other expecting nothing in return. And I don't see that in many other band communities that pure love that's backed up with action it's not just words and a band has to be pretty incredible to inspire others to want to do better for themselves and for those around them so for whatever magic the Dave Matthews band has put out there to cause this result that the result is what inspires me another question I guess is what is your dream venue? You may not have gone there yet to see them, but if you could see DMV anywhere, where would you go and why? Boy, that's a tough one. I, uh, up until last fall, my answer would have been the Gorge, but my amazing wife 
got us tickets for all three nights to the Gorge, and that was actually my first DMB concert. I had tickets to others before, but couldn't make it for whatever reason. Um, so my dream venue is the Gorge, and I've checked that bucket list off. If I had to think of a second one, uh, I really want to see a show at Red Rocks, and seeing DMB there, however unlikely, would would be another bucket list check off for me. So I have to go with, with Red Rocks. Another question, what is the most meaningful DMB song to you? Um, and what specific memories does it um, you know, evoke? And, and is that a good thing or is that a, you know, a, a, like a bittersweet sort of thing? Uh, without a doubt, it goes right back to my favorite song, number 27. Um, in the first episode, I went into uh, the day that I first heard that song and and what it did for my life because it drastically changed the progression of my life. Uh, suddenly, I felt okay in my own skin, in my own mind. I felt like it was okay to be conflicted, to want one thing and another to grow sick of one thing and another to grow sick of everything but to find something um, and in the song's case it's the arms of a woman to go back home to and so it was at that point where I felt okay wrestling with my mental illness at the time and sought a way home. My way home just happened to also be in the arms of a woman. That wouldn't happen for quite some time to come, but I was on the path to get there the whole time. So the song number 27 brings feelings of hope and just a general sense of well-being in my own mind. Well, since that's over, now it's time to turn the tables and put the spotlight back on Haley and ask her the questions that we ask our guests each episode here on DM Beyond Demand. So we'll jump right into it. First question, a little lighthearted, is what's your favorite DMB song and expand on why that's your favorite song. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I don't have just one. I, I don't know that you can have just one favourite DMB song. Um, I feel like you're asking me to pick a favourite child. Um, I'll just go through a few that I really like. And they're not my favourite songs necessarily because of anything meaningful, um, but sometimes it's just I really enjoy listening to them. So uh, the song You and Me, I think that's just a really sweet loving song um, and it sparks so much happiness in me when I listen to it um, it just reminds me so much of of my immediate family you know my husband and my ch children um, and and the life we've created together you know j just the five of us together I love I love hearing that song um, I also love stay 
wasting time and shake me like a monkey and those two I just love because I think they're really catchy and alligator, alligator pie they're just really catchy so good and lying in the hands of God lyrically is beautiful I think that's some of Dave's best work um, I love it and especially the live version from um, Camden in 2018 that's a really good version um, and the last one is the song Trouble um, from Dave's solo album um, more so than a favorite it's significant in that it makes me think about the times where um, I guess I haven't seen the red flags in situations. Um, I'm a bit curious by nature and a bit of a fixer. So there's times where I should have just walked away from situations or people, but um, you know, I thought I could change things for the better. Um, and I've ended up being, you know, let down. But I guess to some degree I've invited that trouble in myself. You know, I should have known better. Um, and all, uh, yeah, I guess it just reminds me of um, the, the desire to sort of close the door on that part of myself. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it, really. No, yeah, they're all good. I don't know that you could pick one. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> that's a long answer. I, I absolutely agree with you, and I like the fact that you threw one in from his solo album. Um, I'm going to ask a lot of people to come on this podcast that same question, and I'll bet you that you're one of only maybe two or three that will throw out a song from his solo album, and and uh, I like that. It was a nice little twist. So, so going along with this theme, um, if you have one great if you have a few fine uh what's your favorite dmb lyric and why is it your favorite lyric mm. <laughs> i suspected you might ask this and uh, there was a few but i'll i'll narrow it down to i can't do one <laughs> narrow it down to two um there there's a a lyric in the song that Jane likes, um, which I, I really like that song, um, and it says, um, it goes, while on the deck they sing, all of the captain's cards are kings, still he and the queen are lost at sea, I hope it isn't you or me. And uh, that's one of my favourite lines, and it's probably just the image that that I get when I think of it, to be honest. Um, and I like this image of um, of he and the queen being lost at sea. It reminds me maybe of two people who are deeply connected and, and, and are on a journey where they don't actually know what's going to happen. And that could be any of us. You know, we're, we're always a little bit lost in life and there's always the unexpected. Um, but I, I feel if you're on that journey with someone who you care deeply about, who cares very deeply about you, um, that you're going to be okay. So that's probably why I love that one so much. And the other one that I really love is from um, Rhyme and Reason, uh, and that's My Head Won't Leave My Head Alone. Um, that line, when I hear that, I think maybe um, Dave Matthews somehow got into my head and he <laughs> he became aware of how ineffectively I think at times um, and then he wrote a song about it, <laughs> so, you know. Um, I, I have a, 
like a lifelong history of anxiety and depression and that worsened certainly um, from the first time I fell pregnant through all the pregnancies in between the pregnancies and after the third pregnancy as well um, it's it's so well managed now and and I'm in a really good place but there's been a lot of times where I not for lack of trying I just could not get away from my own head you know I was my own worst enemy um, and I used to say to my husband you know I, I I know how frustrating I am but but at least you can get away from me you know I can't actually from myself that I'm driving myself crazy um, and, and that's probably why I like that song it's um, I, I just get it yeah and I'm sure a lot of people do yeah, you know, I was going to say that that um, I've had similar thoughts when listening to Rhyme and Reason, and as I was thinking that, it kind of dawned on me that that's kind of what this is all about, us finding out that, you know, just like when we go to the shows, we're all one body listening to this music with joy. In our darker moments, we've had these same songs impact us in such a way that, that makes this spring of ideas and thoughts come to mind. And with that bond with the music, we're never really truly alone. So I think that's a, a good example of what we're trying to do here is show people the commonality that we have and to lean on that commonality when times are rough. So I. I, uh, also, folks, I'm going to be doing, after this episode, a brief little story, uh, personal story, kind of previewing the next episode, and it actually revolves around rhyme and reason. So the timing of that is absolutely perfect. So stick around after this episode um, to see how kismet it is that uh, Haley brought up rhyme and reason. And with that, we'll go on to the next question. Uh, so a little deeper if you could pick one song and this time it has to be just one song that, <laughs> that you would play for the entire population of the planet earth one time what would that song what would you give humanity what song and and why would you pick that one specific song okay um in the current climate, that's an easy choice for me. I would pick um, When I'm Weary. And I think there's pro that's probably self-explanatory. You know, if you've heard that song, um, I think you'd understand that, that it's about, um, you know, like we are in actually probably a pretty dark time and I do think it's going to get a bit darker before it gets um, brighter. Um, and I, I think we're in a time where it's going to feel very easy to to be uh, alone, to be isolated, to find it a struggle to continue on. Um, and like I said, that's not going to get any easier anytime soon. Um, but, but what I would remind people is that you do have a reason to keep trying. Um, you, you do have a reason to keep going forward, even when you're tired and you think you can't. You know, there is someone in your life who needs you to get through this. Um, and, and you are the reason that somebody else needs to get through this as well. So, 
you know, I think as long as we take care of each other and support each other and, and, and encourage each other to keep going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just a little personal sharing here. Haley has actually been a really good friend of DMB On Demand and of me personally, uh, especially lately. I've turned to her quite a bit for perspective and to get her side of things. It, it kind of helps balance me and see things from a better side than I could see otherwise. So uh, one thing we're going to ask each of our guests coming on is what DMB On Demand means to them. Uh, you know, we're doing the daily tweets of song of the day. Uh, we have the store open now and now we're doing this podcast. So, so not only do I want to hear what DMB On Demand means to you, Haley, I would also like you to maybe speak on what you would like to see it evolve into because uh, your opinion here has some real weight and frankly, I'm just curious. <laughs> okay. Um, so what DMB On Demand means to me is I see it as another platform for our DMB family slash community um, to I, I guess to further our connection with each other um, I think that it's this sort of connection that we look forward to and we try to grow that makes our fan base different to that of probably most other bands from what I understand um, what I love about what you do is that there there are these little snippets throughout the day where we can, um, you know, we can we can enjoy the art that you create for one thing, which is amazing, um, and we can just get some little lyric snippets as well. And being that I love lyrics so much, it um, suits me down to the ground. Um, and I like that you allow us to be interactive with you about it. So. You, if I want to hear a particular song um, done as a song of the day, if it hasn't already been done, you're very open to to creating some art for that, um, as you are with anyone who was to ask you the same thing. Um, I, and I remember you created um, art for the song that Jane likes, and um, that piece of art you created is now extremely meaningful to me. So. Um, and in, in terms of the online store you have, I actually really appreciate that you are patient enough to um, change a design that you'd already made to reflect what I needed it to be. Um, my daughter and I wanted to wear these particular shirts to Blues Fest when we saw Dave Matthews Band and unfortunately that's not to go ahead now. But we really appreciate that you were able to um, create what it is that we needed at the time. So yeah, essentially it's just a really good platform, another platform for us to all stay connected. And I think that's that's what we enjoy the most. We love being connected to each other. We love joking with each other. Uh, we love the interaction. We love boosting each other. So it's perfect. It's another way for us to do that. Yeah, so actually how Haley and I first, I guess you could say, meet was that I was getting ready to do the song of the day one day and it was going to be the song that Jane likes and her Twitter handle, uh, the display name, is the fan that Jane likes. So I shot it over to her and said, hey, I thought you'd like to see this, you know, before anybody else does. Here's the art we're putting out. And from that first exchange, 
every the floodgates just opened and uh so it was actually that that design that got us talking and then that grew into a friendship so um, I also have a, a fond place in my heart for that particular design for that very reason. Um, all right, so you spoke a little bit about the DMV community or the DMV family. Um, can you maybe expand on that a little bit and tell me what being a part of that DMV family means to you? Yes, I can. The DMV family, um Oh gosh, what does it mean to me? It, it is so important to me. Um, I, I feel like as soon as I joined that, joined the family, I feel like I had found people who actually got me. And that's not to say that people in my own life don't get me. I don't. Um, that's not true at all. I have amazing people um, around me. Um, but in terms of how much I love music and I love lyrics and how much I love the bands that I love, like I can, I love them obsessively and uh, other people around me maybe don't understand that um, but as we all know if you love DMB you just really love them like I don't I, I don't think you just like DMB you, it, if you like them you really love them um, so it was perfect for me to find a group of people who felt the same way that I did uh, and look being in Australia I don't I know there is a DMB fan base here um, but especially when I started listening to DMB you know, I I had no way of accessing that at all. Um, and even now, most people I know don't, they either don't know who Dave Matthews Band is, unfortunately, or they say, oh yeah, I've heard of them, but I don't know anything that they sing. So, you know, obviously the presence here in Australia isn't quite the same. Uh, and that makes it hard for the those of us in Australia who love them obsessively. Like we don't, if we hadn't find, like found you guys, we don't really have anywhere to turn to. So essentially what that family means to me is just somewhere where I can go and be myself and and I'm with people who, are, who get it, people who, who are kind, who are funny. Um, and the reason I think that we are all there together is actually because of the band themselves and not that sounds like if that's a really obvious thing to say but what I mean is um, whether the band like I think DMB family is a reflection of what the band do and whether they know it or not um, they give so much to their fans you know like they're dedicated to what they do they're available they're pretty normal guys um, and they are so active in providing support and a voice to causes that improve the lives of their community and the people around them. Um, you know, they genuinely want to give back and they're, they're positive. And I think that the fan base responds to this and, and it, it's almost a little bit like monkey see, monkey do, you know? So we take that positivity and that energy and I guess we emulate it within our own community. You know, we, we try and give back to the people around us. There are so many people, as you would know, such as yourself, who um, spend a lot of their free time creating things that are, I guess, DMB-based, that, um, that is just their own kind way of giving back to the community, and it's for nothing, you know? Um, 
Yeah, they're just they're just good human beings, and I think that that their fan base just want to reflect that. We, you know, we we I guess we want to make them proud of us, as proud of us as we are of them. You know, I think that DMB、um, fans and DMB family are very very passionate、uh, about those guys, and and we believe in them wholeheartedly. So we're prepared to stick together and. You know, fight for them to the very end. I guess, like as you would have seen with Rock Hall, the fight that we put up to get those guys to number one. Like there was no doubt they were ever going to get to number one, and it doesn't matter what year、um, or how many times that they that Rock Hall, you know, nominate DMB. The DMB fan base is going to get them to number one. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.、Um... So speaking about the band a little bit and your answer there kind of led me to、uh, another question that isn't on the proverbial list, and that is, if you were to be able to sit down, well, let me let me backtrack for a second. So one of the things we're trying to do here is we're trying to figure out just what the music has meant to us as fans in our individual lives, and、uh, one thing that. That Haley suggested that we do, and that we're working on actively, is trying to flip that script a little bit and find out how we've influenced the band over the years. And so, there might be a time, relatively soon, when we're able to sit down and talk to one or two of the band members and answer, get answers to that exact question.、Um, so, the question I pose to you. Is if you were able to sit down with the band and just tell them one thing, as hard as it may be to narrow it down, what's the one thing you would want to relay to them、um, as a fan to the band? Yeah, so that's a good question. I guess I would be, I would be really tempted to try and explain to them what their music. Means to me,、um, I'm not sure how well I could articulate that, though it means so much.、Um, but, but to think outside the square a bit, I think what I would probably tell them—it's going to sound a bit sappy—but I would probably just tell them how proud I am of them as people, as human beings. I think I truly, with all my heart, think that they are good, honourable human beings. Full stop. And and I I would want to tell them that I I wouldn't want them to to never know that from their fans. It's not just their music that we love, you know. They're good people. They fight for good causes.、Um, and I would want to tell them not to give up on that. That it means a lot, and it makes a difference to the lives of others. I'd encourage that to keep going. Yeah, that's one thing that's really blown me away throughout all these years is to see how this band recognizes that they have a unique voice, a powerful voice, and that they choose to use that voice for good. Especially、uh, Dave and Stefan. I mean, their their activity day in day out is. Living the message that the song puts out there, and it would be so easy to be hypocritical or to be lazy,、um, or to, you know, make your voice 
not ring out, but they don't. They, they live up to this message that they have in their music, and it's an absolute pleasure to be able to watch. So, um, you know, you're right. I, I I love it. I love it, and like uh, that's why I think I would fight for them um, personally or as a band anytime on any platform because uh, I have so much respect for for how they they live their lives away from fame. You know, these are just normal guys. They're not out there causing trouble. You know, they're not in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. They're just they're just nice, normal sort of family guys. Well, I don't think that they're very normal. I think they actually live quite a, they're, they're obviously very different because of what they do, but, um, but you're right. They use their voice for good, you know, and I really, I have so much respect for that. So much respect. And you're right, Dave and Stefan are both very, very vocal. Um, and I love seeing Stefan on Twitter. You know, I, I love how passionate he is about his politics. Um, I get really annoyed actually when people tell him just to play music. That really, like that really bothers me. I don't think that what he does for a living should at all determine what he's able to speak about on a social platform. Um, and while I try to bite my tongue, um, frankly, it pisses me off quite a lot. So um, yeah, so I, I probably should not bite back, but but I do. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely okay. Um, so that kind of went over one of the aspects of what we're trying to do here and, and to relay how the band has impacted us. The other thing I want to do as this podcast grows is to keep exploring this notion that we're not really alone when we're going through, whether it be mental health struggles or just day in and day out struggles. Uh, there's this music that we've all listened to in these little times that kind of binds us together. You know, when I went to see my first show, I, I looked out at thousands of people and they were all caught up in this rapture, this joy. And it was amazing. It was a spiritual experience, to be honest. And I know that's said a lot, but it was. And it made me wonder what brought all these people here. You know, how, how has this music impacted their lives so much that we're all here as a family and just caught up in all of this? And, you know, I think a lot of that is that it has touched us in dark moments and helped us when we needed it the most and been a source of light in a dark time. So if you could sit and talk to any members of the DMV family who might be going through trauma or uh, their own personal hell, is there anything you would tell them or any song that you would give to them as a gift? Um, probably, look, what I probably would tell them, I suppose it depends more specifically what what they were going through and what the, the issue actually was. But in general, I would just like to remind everyone that they really are not alone. And especially in this family, like if there's one place on earth that you are not alone it is in the DMV family you know we are always here to support each other and we've seen that over the last few months if someone's having a rough time and you know they just send out an SOS like the floodgates are open for support um, and and I don't think that's going to change I actually think that's going to get stronger and especially in, um, in the climate that we're in at the moment but I would just like to remind them that they're not alone um, and, and sort of counsel them to 
to reach out because you will get some support back um, and that could be that could just be exactly what you need just that tiny gesture that could be what you need to make it through um, and for those of you who do have a doctor um, there I can't explain to you how critical it is to have a good doctor if you need one for your mental health so make sure you you know you, you do what you can to get a good doctor and and if you're on medications oh my god just take them <laughs> please don't stop taking them but um yes there you go all right fair enough um so let's keep kind of on that topic and what i'd like you to do is to think about one of the darker moments in your life um, that either a DMV song impacted right then and there or it gives that situation some perspective when looking back on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was talking about lyrics and songs um, going back to Rhyme and Reason that period of my life was probably the darkest um, and I suppose definitely rhyme or reason you know I could associate to that time in my life but a really significant time in my life more than anything um, was only just last year 2019 where I had started to feel really isolated um, and really quite sad um, and I love the album Come Tomorrow and I play it all the time time and my daughter loves it she plays all the time and I found that I wasn't actually able to listen to it the more I heard it the worse I felt which doesn't sound right when you listen to that album um, and I'd, I'd walked into like trivial being of the clothes perhaps um, and I heard uh, Virginia in the rain and I don't know but I just, I just lost it, completely lost it. I couldn't stop crying. And it, it's like I, I could actually honestly say I had like a breakdown there and then. Um, I could barely pick myself up off the floor, to be honest. Um, and I eventually went and found my husband and tried to talk to him about how I was feeling. And I, I didn't actually know what was wrong. So it was... Um, it was really difficult to get to the bottom of it and what we eventually got to work out was that I no longer felt like myself. I, I felt like I was the mother to my children and the wife to my husband but I no longer had my own identity anymore um, and I was lonely, you know, I, I was, yeah, just I guess sort of isolated within myself. So from that, what he suggested I do was to go back and find the things I was passionate about before all this and um, be involved with them again and that's the exact reason why I reactivated an old my old Twitter account um, and I felt so strongly about Dave Matthews um, as well as you know I have maybe Daddy. three or four other, sorry that's my son <laughs> I have about three or four other <laughs> musicians that I love um, but in terms of Dave Matthews Band, I went on um, Twitter and, and looked up all their names and I found Stefan. Um, and then once I found Stefan, I just hit the mecca of um, Dave Matthews Band family. And, I, and from there, the rest is history. 
but that's not the worst time of my life. It was the significant honest with you, that's why I'm here today. I wouldn't be here without it. And I and for the record I, I love that album now. I'm actually feeling much better and I listen to that album still all the time and it brings me so much happiness. Don't need to apologize for the kiddos. It's real life and we have our own own lives going on. Don't need to apologize at all. He knows he's causing some interruption and it's bringing really him joy, which is why he's yelling out on purpose now. Not a problem. We're going to kind of flip the spectrum now and end it on a lighter note. What I'd like you to do is think of a, a good moment in your life, one of the higher moments, and talk about how either a DMB song impacted that moment in real time or gives you some perspective on it when looking back. Yeah, so for two great moments in my life. Um, oh, Julian, it definitely, like when I hear that now, it reminds me of, um, you know, bringing all three of my children into the world and watching them grow. And there's really no greater joy than, um, than watching them every day, watching them grow and become the little, I don't know, the, the little individuals that they are. I love that. So that's, that song definitely brings me um, a lot of joy from that those memories. The other one would be, so the first DMV album I ever heard um, was Every Day. And I was about 18, I think, when that was released. Um, and in Australia, if DMV had a presence before that, I honestly wasn't aware of it. Um, but I, I was still pretty young then. And, D, and Every Day was a pretty commercial sort of album. so. Anyway, I fell in love with The Space Between straight away and I had to rush out and get that album. Like, I think the same day I, I had to go and get it and I just listened to it obsessively. Um, and the song that I really loved since then was So Right. Um, and, and, and when I was younger, before I was married, I always imagined that on my wedding day, So Right would be played. It just seemed like the perfect song to describe the best day or the best days with the people you love the most and the best memories that are going to be made um, and and being with your true love so yeah I would say I would say that that is definitely um, that's definitely the other song that I would I would pick as well okay well what we want to do when people come on the show is give them a chance to plug anything that they think is worth plugging whether that be a charity a foundation their social media accounts so Haley, whatever it is you think the world needs to hear more about now's your chance okay uh well i think let's go let's start with twitter quickly i'm just going to plug um Dave's global public relations team. So that's just a bit of a funny name that um, a group of um, you know girls that I'm really close to on Twitter we just jokingly call ourselves. So I just want to shout out to them. So Mrs. P loves Dave. Um, she she's definitely she's my ride or die. I love her so much, and I I'm still going to know her when I'm really old. We'll still be listening to Dave Matthews in our nursing home, drinking lots of uh, wine together, <laughs> and fingertips and kissing. Um, I I love her so much as well, and 
I'm so appreciative of every swoon that she puts out there, every Dave swoon, every band swoon. They're amazing, and I couldn't be. I, I don't think I'd make it through my day without them. Um, Jack DMB, she is one of the funniest people that I've ever met. Honestly, she's hilarious, and she's got no problem with um, being. And I love that about her. Kimmy Mamas. Uh, she is so sweet and kind and optimistic and loving and I think the world needs more of her and Lindsay Fielder um, she is such a good strong woman uh, she's got such a good moral compass she's also got a great sense of humor as well and you know that she's always there to lend you support there are so many on people on Twitter who I interact with on a daily basis and uh, I don't have time to name them all, but I hope that you all know who you are and um, and if I do interact with you quite frequently, then please be assured I think you're absolutely amazing um, and, and there's a, a reason why I interact with each one of you. Like you, you bring me goodness and you bring me joy. So thank you to everyone. Um, and just quickly, in terms of something else to promote, um, this is something, you know, American, so most people would have heard of FarmAid, uh, farmaid.org, but I would encourage people to stay on top of what FarmAid do. Um, it's a really, really worthy non-for-profit organisation, and as most of you would know, Dave Matthews sits on the board of FarmAid. Um, they provide so much support and resources for uh, for our farmers and our farming families, um, well, especially in the States, actually. Um, mental health support, um, support for farming families in immediate crisis. Um, they also encourage connections between farmers and consumers. And this is really important for us to understand, like, where our food comes from, um, to really understand genetically modified food, you know, to understand like mainstream factory farming is so important for us to understand um, more about the food we're eating um, and to understand why we need to pay a fair price for good produce um, to keep the family, smaller family um, farms alive and going. So, yeah, please, I would encourage everyone to just check them out and look at what they do and um, stay up to date. Thank you. Going back to all the people that you shouted out, not that they need it, but I co-sign for every one of those handles. Uh, on a daily basis, we interact with this DMB family, and then there's almost like a subset in that family. And you can't quite define it, but there is. There's a subset of that community where it's a tight-knit fabric of like maybe 10 to 15 people, and every single name that you listed is right there in, in my personal circle too, um, and, and including yourself. So absolutely amazing. Um, make sure you give them all a follow. Uh, it's absolutely worth it. Well, with that, we'll start to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Haley. It's humbling to see just how widespread our DMB family truly is and how much it's impacted your life. I think our listeners will 
easily identify times in their life when the music has impacted them much the same as how it's impacted you and yours. And that's the biggest goal here, to explore the commonality so that we might use it to be better to one another in their times of need. Just a few housekeeping notes. We know that it's ticket season and that means tighter budgets. So we went through dmbondemand.com and lowered the prices for each and every item in the store to make it more affordable to gear up for the 2020 tour. We'll also be rolling out a new freebie section soon where each week a new item will be uploaded for free download. It may be posters, prints, desktop wallpapers, lyric art, film wallpapers, and many more items. And that about does it for this episode of DMB On Demand, the podcast. Stay low, stay safe, and be good to one another. start the podcast by sharing a personal story that DMB either impacted in real time or it gives perspective to that particular event when looking back. So this is a preview of the first story which will conclude in our next episode. For this story, the song that played a part and shaping my memory was rhyme and reason. There's a specific lyric that shaped this memory, which I'll discuss later. But for now, I'll just jump right into the story. I was homeless for my second time and living at a shelter in downtown Indianapolis. Now at this shelter, you had one of two options. You could either be what they called a guest, or you could be a resident. Now a resident was a program that was about nine months for alcohol and drug rehab, which at that time I didn't need. So the other option was to be a guest. A guest comes in at night, has dinner, goes to chapel, goes to bed, wakes up, and is booted out the door. If you're not in by five o'clock, the gate locks and you're out for the night. Good luck to you. Staying there had its own particular trials and tribulations as you could imagine. And in being homeless, that means that you don't have family to call you don't have a friend's couch to sleep on. And in this case, I had nobody, because it was in a town two hours away from where I was from, but my family ties had been severed. I had burnt every bridge there was to walk on. So I was utterly alone in this predicament. One day, I got a message from the manager 
that a man named Bob Goodrum wanted to speak with me. Bob Goodrum was the director of the mission at this time. He sat on the board of directors for the mission itself and was a kind man, but really didn't get involved into the day-to-day -day affairs of the residents or the guests. He was dealing with the paperwork, the charitable side, uh, getting funding, things like this. So the fact that he wanted to talk to me was a little odd, but of course I went up and spoke with him. And we had spoke a few times before in passing, but nothing in depth. So there was a little bit of commonality there. We had some, some shared topics to, to discuss. He told me that he has a friend that has a need and it could be an opportunity for a few of the guys at the mission, but he wanted to make sure he picked the guys that, you know, didn't have big drug and alcohol problems that had a decent mind on their shoulders. And I was one of the few people. He said his friend was building this new house, a big five bedroom house, and he was a successful businessman. And he needed a few people there to help with the day to day, you know, receiving orders, making sure the contractors are there on time, that the work's being done, that things are getting delivered to the right rooms, that sort of thing. Um, and in return, we would have room and board for the time we were there and for a few months after, and we'd have a stipend. So I thought about it for a day or two, and my choices were really limited, and this seemed like the only thing that had some opportunity behind it, so I decided to accept the offer. A few days later, the man came to the mission, his name's Matthew, and Matthew drove this red sports car convertible. It was out of this world. And uh, so I packed everything I had in the world into my duffel bag and loaded it up into the trunk of the car and off we went. So now we're traveling two more hours away from my home, making me even more isolated, but at least I had an opportunity. On the way to his place, we discussed just the basics of getting to know each other, you know, where we're from, what we like, what we don't like, type of personality are we, and everything was normal except for one thing. He kept asking me over and over again, subtly, if I've ever done cocaine. And I told him no. At that point, all I've ever done was smoked a little pot and ate some shrooms and, and that's about it. I wasn't even big into alcohol. But he kept bringing it up over and over again and I just I couldn't understand it. I knew nothing about the drug at this time, nothing. I, I knew it was white powder and that was it. So we get to his place. This isn't the new place he was building. Turns out there was never a new place he was building. This was his current home. It was small, no TV, just a living room, an empty kitchen, and a bedroom. And he said that they're breaking ground next week, and until then we're going to stay at this house. 
which was conflicting with what Bob Goodrum at the mission had told me. Something fell off, but I decided to stay and see how it developed over a couple days. So I crashed on the couch, got up the next morning, and he said, let's go run some errands. So we did, we went and ran errands. We went to the bank, went to the store, uh, stopped out to look at his property. When we were at his property, I noticed there was just flat land. There was no development. Uh, nothing had touched this land. It was just land. And my stomach dropped a little bit because again, things aren't quite lining up. A couple days go by and I've barely eaten because the man doesn't have food in his house. He rarely ever eats. Uh, he's in his bedroom all the time, constantly smoking cigarettes and doing whatever else he does in there. And he asked me to come into the room. I said, okay. He had a glass pipe by him. It was just a regular glass tube. It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't like a, a piece that you would find to smoke weed out of that was artistic. It was just a clear glass tube. And asked if I wanted to try what he was doing. I said no. But he persisted over the course of a few days. And finally I broke down and said, sure, I'll try it. He literally put the pipe up to my lips, held it properly, lit the lighter, and all I had to do was inhale. I didn't know it at the time, but being isolated and away from home with nothing to do and nowhere to go, things were just got, have just gotten drastically worse. So the first time in my life, I've had crack cocaine. So this went from something that I did once in a while to an absolute need, a fiendish need every 10 minutes. And this happened over the course of two days. I was fully hooked. Nothing was going on regarding the construction of this new home on the land. And I remember thinking, how does this end? If he's lying about the house and he's lying about everything else and he's gotten me addicted to this drug, where is this going? Now the lyrics from Rhyme and Reason that shaped this story are as follows. How long I'm tied up, my mind in knots, my stomach reels in concern for what I might do or what I've done has got me living in fear. Well, I know these voices must be my soul. I've had enough, I've had enough of being alone but I've got no place to go. And those lyrics would stick with me throughout my whole life when thinking about this. Because that question of how does this end was soon to be answered. 
What I didn't know was within 72 hours, I would almost become the victim of sexual assault and I would have almost killed a man. We'll conclude this story on our next episode. Thanks for listening.